It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today is the deadline for members of the 2020 NFL Draft class to have their fifth-year option exercise. The Dolphins, of course, had three picks in that first round. What is the future of each member of that class's first round with the franchise? That is the discussion here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Special shout out to our everydayers here on Locked On Dolphins who are dialed in on the fins with yours truly daily. Today, March 2nd, 2023, is the fifth year option deadline for the class of 2020. And that is going to be the discussion here today on the show. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your nose sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. The fifth year option, of course, is a part of the collective bargaining agreement for rookies on their rookie contracts. First round picks have an optional year on the fifth year of their pro tenure provided they stay on that rookie contract the entire time. And the way that fifth-year option compensation works is it is tiered relative to uh, a number of qualifiers. There are four tiers to fifth-year options uh, that are prorated to what your positional salary is. And the best way you can describe it is to read through it. I have the resource here from overthecap.com. This is, of course, relevant to the Dolphins on a number of different fronts. They had three first-round picks in that class of 2020, quarterback to Atangavaloa, Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle at number 18, and cornerback Noah Igbenogany. The four thresholds, basic, which just means you're there. (laughs) Uh, That's Tier 1. Tier 2 is the playtime qualifier. Players eligible for a fifth-year option that is a Tier 2 fifth-year option have their base salary calculated from the average of the third to the 20th highest salaries at their respective position over the last five seasons, provided that their snap counts over those first three years for the player are either 75% or greater in two of the three seasons, an average of 75% or greater across all three seasons, or 50% or greater in all three seasons. So you have to play a certain volume to qualify for that bump in pay. Uh, The difference between the basic tier and the uh, playtime tier is the basic tier is third to 25th salaries. So it gets lower, which means the dollar amount is lower. The playtime salary is third to 20th. So the floor 
of what the average is is higher, therefore you get higher pay. Tier three is Pro Bowl, one Pro Bowl. Players who are named to exactly one Pro Bowl as an original ballot selection, not as an alternative, will be eligible for the fifth year base pay of that fifth year option, equal to the transition tag at their position. It's a higher amount. Multiple Pro Bowls is the fourth option. And players who are named to two or more Pro Bowls on the original ballot, not as alternatives, have their fifth-year option salary equal to the franchise tag total. So for the Dolphins, Tua Tungvaloa, he's a Tier 2 out of tier of out of the four tiers. He qualifies for the playing time tier, which means that his salary, which we know for the fifth-year option, they have already exercised that fifth-year option. They did it about a month and a half ago, um, is $23.17 million for 2024. He will play this year on his fourth year of his rookie deal. Then you have Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany. And the Dolphins, to this point, have not made any decisions on that front, and rightfully so, because I don't think there's a decision to be made. But what we need to talk about is the future of all three of these players and their outlook from this point in time with this decision, whether exercising the fifth-year option in the case of Tua Tungvaloa or not exercising the fifth-year option, which is likely the case for Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany and what their path is this season and beyond in the NFL, looks like. And the reason we're doing this, uh, there there were some questions about something that was discussed yesterday on the show in regards to one of these three players that I wanted to have a follow-up on because I did some research on it. But let's start with Tua, right? Uh, Tua Tagovailoa entered this season as one of the most maligned, speculated, uh, easy-to-dump-on quarterbacks in the National Football League. And the playing time of the first two seasons of Tua to his career with the production that was provided relative to the hype and the expectations and the kind of the mystique that was carved around him in Alabama, I think has largely created this disconnect. And then the Dolphins organization with Brian Flores uh, didn't do the young man any favors with how they chose to handle the entire saga of passively trying to replace him for an extended period of time for someone who was charged with just or are accused of just horrific things away from the football field. And uh, when the numbers don't line up with the actions of the team and the media coverage of the player, when the player was, I don't want to say shoved down your throat, but, but Tua Tungvaloa was a household name at Alabama. And the Tank for Tua campaign, and when that doesn't materialize, casual fans of football, it's going to be very easy to just dump on that. Well, then Tua has the year that he has this past season, and the, the concussions are obviously the thing that lingers over everybody's head, but the Dolphins were very proactive in exercising the fifth-year option because from a passing efficiency standpoint, this was the most efficient passer in football last year. He didn't lead in any raw numbers from a passing total perspective. And, and you can have the debate, if you would like, in terms of, well, the supporting cast around Tua, and that's okay, fine. But this is a very skill-specific player who can be a quality starter in an NFL offense that is tailored to his strengths, like a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl this year is a great example of a scheme-transcendent player and a talent-transcendent player that you can put in any system across the league, and he's just going to go do his thing and pass for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. That's not normal. 
right? And while we all aspire to have that for our favorite team in every sport, the realistic outlook is those guys don't grow on trees. And if you have a skill-specific player, one who is, in, in my eyes with Tua Tagovailoa, pretty unique, you should embrace that. And it feels like Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins have from a timing perspective and then going out and getting the supporting cast around him and an offensive infrastructure around him that put him in position to make plays, which he did. I had somebody on our subtext community, and you can find the information there on the bottom ticker uh, on the YouTube channel, but we'll, uh, we'll mention it here before the end of the show, who reached out and was like, hey, what, what in your mind does Tua Tagovailoa have to do to become a franchise cornerstone player? Well, the Dolphins have taken the first step in that journey by exercising the fifth-year option. Long-term contract extension for both parties sounds like it is the goal. But for Tua Tungvaloa, he needs to endure a season and make the habitual changes in games to give himself the best chance for that to happen. And what I mean by that is there is a certain level of responsibility that falls on the quarterback on any given play to protect himself from hits, from injuries, from negative plays for the offense, so on and so forth. An incompletion versus an extended play that results in perhaps you making a completion and converting that third and 12, uh, but on other sides of the coin results in you taking unnecessary hits in the first half of football games and getting yourself injured, is the line that, that Tua, going all the way back to Alabama, has always liked to flirt with that if you're going to be the franchise guy, I think it's something that a little bit more jurisdiction and a little bit ambition probably would pay dividends across 17 games instead of any one game in a vacuum across the course of a season. So for me, Tua, 16-plus games, let's stay healthy, repeat the efficiencies, and even not to the same extreme, right? Because that's a really extreme expectation to set. But if you're amongst the top passing leaders in efficiency standpoint, this offense is going to have volume. Mike McDaniel has proven that from a passing perspective. You can put yourself, in my mind, to be a franchise cornerstone at the, at the quarterback position. But you have to do it. Now, the Dolphins giving the fifth-year option, I don't think there's any pressure to get a contract extension done as a result. And if Tua goes out and has the same efficiency-type performance as a passer this year and does stay healthy, before he plays a snap of his fifth-year option, you will get the, franchise, the, the contract extension done. And I don't envy what the path will look like if that does not materialize, but that is uh, a bridge the Dolphins will cross when they get there. At this point in time, he is a tenured starting quarterback in the NFL with a skill-specific uh, set of traits that the Dolphins have leaned into and bought into and surrounded him with players unlike they did in their first two seasons when it felt like the easier path of least resistance was to just get rid of him and get a different quarterback. They have really bought into this is what he does well. This is going to be our offensive identity. Let's do it. Okay, now it's just Tua. Take care of yourself. Take care of this offense. Live to fight another down. Let's stay healthy. Let's mitigate the hits. If that happens, we'll probably be having a show in the distant future about uh, the, the magnitude of, of what Tua Tungvaloa's contract extension means for the Miami Dolphins. We're going to talk about Austin Jackson next here on the show. Before we do, today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel for the NBA playoffs. We're in the second round of the NBA playoffs 
A lot of heavy hitters still left in the picture between the Lakers and the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors surviving the Game 7 against the Sacramento Kings. A lot of great action going on, which is perfect time for you to get in on the action over at FanDuel because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. What's not to like about that? There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Austin Jackson is not, in in any capacity in my mind, qualified to get a fifth-year option exercised. He also, like Tua Tungvalu, qualifies for the playing time tier, which means he's a tier two out of tier four offensive tackle, which means his fifth-year option, which the Dolphins have until the end of the day today on Tuesday, May 2nd, to make a decision on, is the third through the 20th salaries over the last five years average at the offensive tackle position. That number is... $14.175 million for 2024. No way. No how. Can't justify it. Can't advocate for it. Doesn't matter that he's played. He's qualified for playing time. At the end of the day, Austin Jackson, even when you remove effectively a lost season last year, has not shown any signs of growth from the player that he was as a rookie. You could actually make the case and the argument that Austin Jackson's best tape was his first stretch of games that he played as a member of the Miami Dolphins in 2020. And 2021 comes and goes. We're tackle. We move to guard. The lack of coaching consistency. The lack of positional consistency. It has just kind of bred this um, left. He was left tackle, right tackle, left guard, back to right tackle. Hurt, missed a bunch of games, came back for a half of football, got hurt again. That was it. That, that was the season. So for Austin Jackson, um, the missed time this past year, I, I think, has really slammed the door shut on any level of enthusiasm. You would rather just roll the dice and say, we're going to take Austin Jackson for what he is. Uh, We're going to let him play this year out. And if, by some way, he ends up highly performing in 2023, you can cross the bridge when you get there and slap him on the franchise tag if you need to, if you feel like you're going to run the risk of losing him. Because the franchise tag at offensive tackle is 18.2 versus 14.17 to make the decision right now. So for the cost of $4 million, a.k.a. a depth special teams player, 
you can just give him the fifth-year option on the franchise tag and make the decision 10 months from now, not 10 months from now, eight months from now, and sleep at night knowing that you didn't lock yourself into a player who hasn't shown you anything, and you have no idea what he's going to be in the system, no matter what the level of enthusiasm or optimism the Dolphins currently have. And that's not even to say who knows what he ends up getting in terms of competition for that right tackle spot. The team has kind of alluded to uh, they want to bring competition into every room, but they also are hopeful for Austin Jackson. It doesn't sound like he's just going to waltz into camp as the unquestioned starter at right tackle. Uh, they've alluded to talking to some free agent tackles. I just think they, with the level of optimism and the youth that he has as a 24-year-old fourth-year player who came in the league really young at a position that is oftentimes a bumpy road to transition, they're probably hoping the light bulb comes on. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But what doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies is every bit of tape that you have watched since his rookie season is consistent with the same issues. And because of that, you can't justify fifth-year option. Now, he's on the books this year for $4.34 million. So if you're wondering why he's still here, a $4.3 million cap hit for a starting tackle or even a swing tackle is cheap. And that's the appeal of rookie contracts in general and why when you are setting the foundation of your team, you build through the draft so that you can have these kinds of contracts and not have to overpay on the free agent market to bring talent in. Um, and if I had my way with Austin Jackson, I, I think as I've assessed the offensive line to this point in time, I think getting a, a starting caliber tackle that you feel really good about, that you feel good about, not even really good about, just good about, playing next to Robert Hunt, ideally somebody who's familiar with the coaching or familiar with the system, and that's why I think Cameron Fleming's probably your best option. There's familiarity with Butch Berry there. Puts you in a position where you can take Austin Jackson and Dan Feeney and Liam Eikenberg and Robert Jones, and you can throw all those guys in there and say, guys, best performer is going to win the left guard spot. It's up to you. Somebody take the job. Because I feel like the other three spots are quality starters are better between Teron Armstead. And of course, the depth is a question, but that's why having guys who are competing to start and have positional flexibility are important for the Dolphins. You're probably not going to get 17 starters across the entire offensive line for, or five starters for, for 17 games across the offensive line for the entirety of the season. I mean, it's probably just not a very realistic expectation. But having enough options where you have guys that can keep their head above water is attractive. And the issue I think the Dolphins currently have is you have an interior presence that is an inconsistent performer, and then you have an outside presence on the other side of the line that's an inconsistent performer. So you're a little leaky on both ends. So can you plug one spot? And then if that means Austin Jackson has to bump over and occupy one of the other spots, you're living pretty good. That puts you in a really good position in my mind to let competition, and they talk about competition in the offensive line room, take over where you can just let the best player win the left guard spot, and you're going to have bumpers on either side of that player that should be able to some degree elevate the performance of that line. 
I know we're all eager to get this Dolphins offensive line in a spot. If now, if I had to guess predictively what happens, if that does, if the Dolphins do indeed do that, Austin might win the left guard spot. But if he's going to be back with the Dolphins next year in 2024, in my mind, it's going to be for about the same amount that he's on the cap for right now. It's about four, four and a half million dollars. I don't think this is a player who is qualified in any capacity to hit the open market and have a market for Andrew Wiley's a starting right tackle from Kansas City who was a stud for the the Chiefs the last two years and he got eight million per season Austin hasn't performed to that level so if he's back with the Dolphins it's going to need good play this year and then it's also going to need uh, a reduced cost versus eh, maybe not a reduced cost probably about an, an equivalent contract to the one that he signed when he signed his rookie contract but the play has to come first. We, of course, have Noah Igbenogany to finish with here on the show, and this is where uh, the the follow-up with my research um, comes from yesterday's comments because I had a couple comments with both subtext and YouTube, so we're going to close with that here today on Lockdown Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yesterday, it was the, the revelation had come in looking at the Dolphins' nine NFL roster calibre, caliber cornerbacks that Noig Monogany's contract this year is not fully guaranteed. So if the Dolphins were to find a trade partner for Noah Igbenogany, they could save an additional $1 million against the cap because he has $1 million of his salary that's against the books. Any team that brings in Noah Igbenogany is looking at paying him this year. Uh, it's about $2.1 million dollars million in salary. So from the Dolphins' perspective, they could cut him and they could save about $1.1 million, but if they get a buyer to take his contract, they could save over $2 million to move on from Noah Igbenogany. And YouTube comments asked and subtext asked and Twitter asked, Kyle, trade Noah, what are you talking about? But if you're trading him for a... the compensation that I had in mind was a future, like not 2024, but like 2025 or 2026 conditional seventh round draft pick. You're effectively giving this player away. This is a 20, he's 23 years old, 23 year old player who played corner for two years at Auburn was a first round pick. You don't mean to tell me there's not somebody that wouldn't trade a a conditional seventh round pick where the conditions are, we send you the pick if he makes your active roster for a lottery ticket on Noig Benogany. And you might think that's crazy, but I did the research and I looked at the historical context of defensive backs getting traded. Got a couple names for you. Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen was drafted 40th overall by the, at the time, Oakland Raiders in 2019. 
and Mullen uh, played and played relatively poorly for his first three seasons in the NFL. Now, he played more than, than what Noah Benogany did. He played about 1,600 snaps defensively. Noah, for, for the record, is about 700 snaps defensively in his first three seasons. He was traded for a conditional seventh-round pick. He was then cut, and the conditional seven did not switch over. Lonnie Johnson, drafted in 2019 by the Houston Texans with the 54th overall pick. He also played about 1,600 snaps. Uh, He had a passer rating allowed across 1,600 snaps in three seasons of about 116. He was penalized 15 times across that stretch of play. He was responsible for... 11 touchdowns in coverage on 110 targets across three seasons. Was traded from Houston to Tennessee for a conditional future seventh-round pick. Jordan Richards, defensive back, drafted in 2015 by the New England Patriots in the second round. Played less in his first three seasons than Noah Igbenogany did and did not play well was traded to the Atlanta Falcons ahead of the 2018 season for a future conditional seventh-round pick. It's pretty much, hey, you want a lottery ticket? First-round pick, athletically gifted, light bulb hasn't come on, has shown a little bit of of signs, of flashes of of potential during that 2020 season in which Noe Benagany played 238 snaps. Come get him. He was targeted 23 times, had 11 receptions conceded, passer rating of uh, 77.1 and three penalties uh, across those 172 snaps in coverage. You might say, okay, Kyle, like that's cool. You did the research and and have found examples of that happening. Who would possibly want to do that? I got three teams that Noah Benigny might be the third best corner on right now in the NFL. Oh, the Cardinals. Cardinals in a rebuilding year. They traded back all these times, added all these future first-round picks. Might be interested in some lottery tickets. Their cornerback room right now across their entire roster is Antonio Hamilton Sr., Marco Wilson, Christian Matthew, third-round rookie Garrett Williams coming off an ACL tear, Rashad Fenton, Chris Boyd, Keetrell Clark, Nate Hairston. Quavi and White, and Isaiah Simmons at nickel, who they declined his fifth-year option on. Certainly seems like a, a cornerback room that Noah Benogany could potentially make. How about the Raiders playing in the AFC West? The Raiders in the AFC West having to defend a Sean Payton offense, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert have this cornerback room in 2023. Duke Shelley, David Long, Nate Hobbs. Hobbs is a good player. David Long, slot player, preferably, but listed as an outside corner. Brandon Fakeson, Amik Robertson, Tyler Hall, Jacorian Bennett as a rookie, Sam Webb, Ike Brown, Jordan Perryman, Bryce Cosby, Azizi Hearn. You don't think they might like to get a 23-year-old first-round pick for a conditional seventh round pick two years from now for $2 million. 
How about the Rams? Rams have like 38 rookies on their roster right now. Dolphins have done business with the Rams recently. Robert Rochelle, Jordan Fuller, Darion Kendrick, Sean Jolly, rookies, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, Jason Taylor II, Colin Duncan. These are all rookies, by the way. Tyon Davis, Jordan Jones, Cameron McCutcheon, Tamarcus Davis. You don't think the Rams might not like to have a lottery ticket and then get a guy on a contract extension if it turns out to become something, especially for a seventh-round pick two years from now? I got teams, and I got historical context that says, hey, there's a sales pitch to be had here. You just got to sell me the pen. So Chris Greer, sell him the pen. Let's save $2 million. Let's move on. Those are my thoughts here with the Dolphins rookie class. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team. Every day, shout out to our everydayers who keep it locked in with us here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you guys hit subscribe. Come on back, see us again soon. And until then, fins up and keep it locked in right here on the Locked On Network. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.